welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. You know, we've been this, our theme this month has been focused on what? Yeah, our passion and our purpose. And how these are key and fundamental to our underlying intention to live out loud. I mean, to live our authentic life requires that we make space for that, that, that flame that is within us, that which lights us up. It's, it's impossible to live an authentic life and to not be connected to your passion and purpose. So today as we continue this topic, we've spoken, we've looked at it a couple different ways. We started at the beginning of this month, just touching on the fact of, of um, beginning our exploration of saying, hey, all of us have passions that maybe we have, have forgotten about. Begin to explore, use your superpower of curiosity, begin to dive in and, and, and take a look. What am I interested in? What lights me up? And then we spoke about how, um, the, how passions over time, like coffee beans that are steeping in hot water they, as they percolate, that there is an intensity that grows from the momentum as we allow our passions to, to bubble and to, to simmer and cook and that we really um, stew in them, that we discover purpose. And today we're going to continue discussing this with the, pers the perspective of what if we embrace our imperfections, and those are in quotes. If you didn't hear the air quotes, I'm doing that. I'm just letting you know. Our imperfections, what if we embrace those as spiritual expressions and divine within themselves? What if we were perfectly imperfect. What if? You know, I shared a quote in our first week as we started talking about this topic. I shared a quote from Dr. Andriette Earle, and I said I was going to mention uh, the Science of Mind magazine, this month's issue, and there's an article in there from her. And, and I did have the opportunity to, um, to get to hear her on, um, at a seminar. I had a profound experience, and this is an aside, which, you know, I'm, 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 I, uh, I'm prone to those, right? I'm prone to non sequiturs and, and asides. But I just want to let you know this. I mean, I have not shared everything. Last week I shared some of the highlights of the Silomar, but I really had a, a personal demonstration and healing, a, a transformation in my own mind, in my, in my experience there at a Silomar. And I wrote about that, and I've been writing at my personal, this is like my minister's blog website at newthoughtnewlife.com. And so, I would, without me going into the, the healing that I had in the now moment, um, I'd like to go, go check that out at, at New Life, 
newthoughtnewlife.com. What do you do? You change your thinking and what? You have a new thought. You have a new life. So new thought, new life. You know, check that out. So, so I shared about the experience at Asilomar. But Dr. Andriette, she writes this in the magazine, and I don't have the quote, but listen what she says. She says, passion is the fire within us igniting our desires and fueling our purpose. Purpose is lit from the inside out. Focusing our passion to engage our purpose is key. And that's why we've been spending all this time. Many people, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come with prayer requests or wanting to meet as, as, a, as a practitioner, wanting to meet about their purpose. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? What is my purpose? Our passions, and this is what's key and fundamental, our passions point to and ignite our life purpose. Our passions, each individual within us, are, are similar to like an, an artist's palette. That each passion might have its own hue and it's its own color, but, but all together, those passions create the masterpiece that is our life. You know, Marilyn Monroe, who wisely said, she said, imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Mm. And so it is. That's the message today. That is the message today. You know, when we're living from our passions, and this is what I want you to know, is that when we're living from our passion and on purpose to others, we may appear ridiculous. Right? We may. And here's the great news for them. They don't have to live your life. Do you know what? I think the world would be such a much easier place if everyone would just stay in their own lane. <laughs> and even as we're talking about perfectly imperfect, some of the, these this judgments that we bring on to our passions and our interests is really because we're not staying in our own lane, right? In our journey through life, we have often compared, compare ourselves to others. And we've been taught to, we have been conditioned to, you know, in school growing up, I mean, how many years of, you know, be good, be, you know, be good, be good, be good, and being told what that looks like, and, and you got to line up at single file, and, and all of these messages we receive, this is the time to do this, and this is the time to do that, even though inside may not feel like that. And there's this life and this, this little child inside of us that's rebelling and said, you can't make me, and I don't want to. But over time, and even fearing judgment from others, you know, we're wired to belong. And so there is a, there is a biological fear of being cast out. And so we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of rejection. But that fear can keep us from and keep us hiding our talents. It's that fear that can, can cause us to put our light under a bushel. But you know, think of a garden. 
If every flower in the garden was a rose, well, it would be a rose garden then, but you know. <laughs> but just in garden, if you imagined all the flowers there are in a garden, it is each one bringing its own diversity, its own uniqueness, which makes the garden beautiful. And life embraces the individuality that we are. It put us here with all of our uniqueness, just as the daisy is different than the rose. Each one of us are individuals and are here to bloom with our unique colors and shapes. And if we're going to be authentic, and how many of you are here? How many of you here really long to live your authentic life? So to be seen, to be heard, to stand in your truth, to let your voice be heard. Well, we need to accept our individuality then. Setting aside that those judgments or even that fear of judgment. The truth is that in the eyes of the divine, there are no mistakes. No mistakes. Say that with me. No mistakes. There's no mistakes. Life made us of itself in all of the variety. There is this one power and presence, this one life that has expanded itself into an infinite variety of form. Think of it, imagine it like an ocean with waves. One ocean, many waves. In each of us, our own individual wave, relating to the sun and to the environment and even to the other, each wave individually. And every person being a unique expression of the divine has, has walked this planet at some time, bringing their uniqueness forward, bringing that essence forward, if they allow their light to shine like the different colors of the rainbow. Oh, we don't want any red in the rainbow. Keep the red, the red's imperfect. It's all of the colors that make the rainbow. It's all of our uniqueness that make, and our diversity that coming together, that is the wholeness of creation. We talk about in Science of Mind about a wholeness consciousness. Well, part of that wholeness is recognizing the all of us being part of the whole and showing up in that space. When we live from comparison, we feel the pressure to perform. We feel the pressure to fit in, which is not the same as belonging. We squelch our creativity you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he said this, he said, to be yourself in a world trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And what I know about, if you're sitting in this space, if you're listening to, listening to this message, what I know about individuals who are on this path, we are here. We're not here to be some, what someone else is making us out to be. We're here to accomplish the greatest accomplishment, to be all that we've come here to be. You know, it's not always easy. 
It's not always easy. And even when we start out and we connect to our, our, our passions and we begin to explore and navigate and live from that, there might be some pushback. Have you, ever, have you ever had that experience? You had an interest or you started to show up and, and, then, and then it was just like, then people's like, you know, like, like um, trying to, sm like whack-a-mole. They're like trying to smack you down or what this, you know, they say the squeaky wheel. No, that's not the metaphor. Um, oh, that, was it the nail? Like, you, you know, it's like you're being put back in your place. Get back in place. When you're trying to express yourself, let your creativity out. Let your freak flag fly. And it can be challenging and people push back, but here's what I want you to know. I mean, it can feel like fitting a square peg into a round hole. I know myself, if you go and read the article that I was talking about that I wrote, I've spent most of my life feeling like a square peg, feeling like I don't belong. But you see, that resistance and those challenges aren't speaking about the truth of who we are. All they're representing and showing us is, are the challenges or the opportunities that we have in our thinking to expand on how to navigate this, how to show up at that. Think of the challenges not as problems, but they are similar to the chisel on the sculptor's block that are chiseling away, making a way to help us remove that which is not David. That's a punchline of a joke. But Michelangelo said it, that, that he didn't carve David, this statue. What he did is he removed what wasn't David. David was already in the marble. You are already perfect, whole, and complete. And what is ours to do is to release what isn't, what is not us. Acknowledging it, recognizing it, loving it, and embracing it. It has got us to where we're at today. And with a greater awareness of who we're called to be, that we can be renewed in the moment, renewed to the truth that God knows about us. And then stand in our glory perfectly imperfect. Air quotes, imperfect. Do you remember the first time that you discovered something that made your heart sing? That you had an interest? We talked about this on the first week. Some of us, you know, it was like when you were asked as a child what you wanted to be when you grew up. You had an interest in something and it lit you up and it's, of course I want, to do this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to dance. I want to sing. I want to teach. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a botanist. I wanted to be a minister. Was there a moment that you felt a connection so profound that it became a part of who you are and that, 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 that you can even trace it back to then? It's like, you know what? I'm who I am today. Um, how I am and how I show up. Yeah, I can remember that when I discovered that. When I discovered that. You know, I remember a story. Let me, let me take you on a little trip. I was nine years old and I went on a field I went on a trip. It was a field trip. Our class went to Curtis Hickson Hall in Tampa, Florida. Curtis Hickson Hall. And as if my memory serves me correctly, I think it was at the time, it doesn't exist anymore. I mean, they tore it down. Um, you know, progress, right? Um, 
but I think I, if I'm, you know, I was nine years old. It was uh, like an exhibit hall, uh, an exhibition hall, and the museum. There was a children's museum in Curtis Hickson Hall, and that was our field trip to go see this children's museum. And so we were all running around. They had all these little exhibits and the like. And there was one exhibit or one area, some sort of, you know, and they all had all hands-on, you know, for the kids, areas for them to, to play and, and to discover and to learn. And, and there was one in particular that really caught my attention, and it was about calligraphy. Yeah, the, the flourishes and the sweat. They had, they had the, you know, here I am, I'm looking at all the, the scripts and, and everything. It was just the, the swirls and the strokes. I was just fascinated by it. And then I had my chance to, to using the example that they had on the wall there to write my name, to write my name as the calligraphy. I was so proud of myself that I was actually doing calligraphy, that, the, that I was writing my name as they would write it in calligraphy. Now let me tell you how surprised I was when the, the, the woman who was running that exhibit, she looked at me and she asked me, even as a nine-year-old boy, so she goes, are you familiar with calligraphy? Have you done this before? She goes, you did it so well. You must have known this. And I was so proud. I was so proud of, of the, the little mark that I made on that paper. I was, I was so proud. And it does. It warms my heart today. Now, that, that connection to something inside of me, my interest, and as I leaned into it, and then I allowed myself to, to practice it, and then to be encouraged, it stirred something in me. And I then became, as a child, I became obsessed with handwriting. I became obsessed with it, and calligraphy. I, I went through many handwriting method books, Different styles, different methods. At 12 years old, I begged my mother to get, sign me up for a calligraphy class. I was that kid. I was asking for fountain pens and nibs. <laughs> I thought of this story a little, about a, a little over a year ago. I was reminded of this story before thinking about it for this week, but I was reminded of it because a little over a year ago, I made an intentional decision to change my signature. Making the letter A match what it was when I was a child. It just felt natural. But you see, I was told after that experience there in Curtis Hickson Hall and how wonderful it was that, oh, you don't make A's like that. And so there are decades of my life, the, the passion that I had to, to, to do it that way, it wasn't correct. It was imperfect. And it, on, on one hand, it kept me from fully expressing myself. I said, you know what, at 54 years old, I can write my name any way I want to. Right? 
But it's no wonder, though, as I was thinking about this story as it relates today, about being perfectly imperfect and, and how this passion that I had was a little squelched by the, oh, you shouldn't make your A's that way. That it's no wonder that even today, though, that I really do have a, uh, there is a, there's something that I have about ink and pens and nibs and paper. I'm a, I'm a Zentangle teacher. Is it any wonder that I'm that the, the art that I do, and many of you many of you know that that I do consider myself an artist in that regards, is all about ink and paper. That passion as a child has, has weaved its way through my life and has continued to be there. As I've allowed it, in the ways I've allowed it, it has, allowed, it has moved me. And this is why I share this story with you. Us embracing our passions, whether we judge them as perfect or imperfect, making space for them, allows us to be moved and guided in the way that life is impelling and compelling us to. You see, my nine-year-old self did not see calligraphy as something for the elite or for the artist. It was something that was available to everyone, and so I was willing to try it, and I tried it, and, and, it, and it, it inspired in me the interest to continue to explore more. I saw that passion as a way of, of connecting with myself, of letting to put my mark on the world, my unique mark on the world. And that is why we are called to embrace the fullness of who we are, including those parts of us that you know, we might be embarrassed by. <laughs> Stay in your own lane and make your mark. Make your mark. What makes your heart sing? What ignites that spark within you that's waiting to be rekindled? You know, this week, take some time. Have I encouraged you to do this already this month? But take time. You know, go, go get away. Put the, leave the phone at home and go for a walk. And reflect on, reflect on, on what is it? I would love to be doing. If I was free to do whatever I wanted to do, what would I be doing? Now, why would I be doing that? What lights me up? What brings me joy? What are those things in my life that when I'm engaged or involved with it, that I lose sense of time? I get lost in it. Or I love talking about it. Or I love hearing about it. Or I've got a collection that, uh, if you knew about it, you might think I have a little OCD. Any of it, are there things that are waiting to be acknowledged, and not just acknowledged, but embraced? Because they're who you are. Marianne Williamson said, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. You see, it's this fear, this fear that keeps us small, this fear that keeps us in fear of judgment, this fear that keeps us with the blinds closed and putting our light under a bushel. But embracing who we are, to you know, open the blinds, 
Let the light, let them see you. Let yourself be seen. Let your mark be known. Remember to have compassion for yourself. You are a gift to us. You, the essence of God showing up as you in all of your uniqueness. You are part of this whole. And what I know here in this space, our practice is, is to see and to listen and to hear others. Let's practice that here and make space for our passions to be seen and to heard. The world is waiting for the unique blessing of our voice, of our creativity, of our perspective, of who we are. And the truth is that we all shine brighter when we bring our light together like a mosaic. The world is brighter. I'm going to close with this quote from Dr. Holmes in The Science of Mind. He writes this. He says, let us feel that our purposes are animated and inspired from on high. You see, that says nothing in, about imperfect. Let us feel that our purposes are animated and inspired from on high, and then let us go forth and make our dreams come true in human experience. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.